We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The thing, though, that prevents me from saying if they keep playing like this, they never keep playing like this. They, they spike the road. and they ebb. They're up and they're, well, yeah, they're on the road. But last night, you know, again, I tend to throw out games in which their best players don't play. Uh, and the only reason why that game was debatable at all is because Utah's best players didn't play either. Um, but the, the the major problem is the same: is that you can't you can't develop consistency, not just when your best players are out, but when everybody else is as up and down as they are. And I think that's the thing that the Warriors didn't used to have to worry about: is that they had enough veteran presence that they could rely on, you know, game in and game out. Say, we're going to be okay. We know what we're doing. You know, every game is not going to be a mystery. These games are a mystery to them. I'm not as troubled by the Indiana loss because I think Indiana's a pretty good team. Last night, they didn't have anybody playing. No, but they have enough other guys. They're a surprisingly good basketball team. And I think we're going to see that as time goes on. Utah started quickly, but now they're starting to fade. And so last night was a game where... They should have had more trouble than they did. And that's the thing that ought to concern Warrior fans, is that they the Warriors never got a handle of an incomplete team. And yeah, it's on the road, but you got 41 of those, deal with it. I mean, that's the thing that should concern a Warrior fan, is that the, not only can Steve Kerr not trust what he's getting from anybody who's not in the top four, it's that... Nobody else can either. So every night is a strap in because it's, you know, the hurricane's coming kind of game. And you just have to accept that until they get more guys who figure out what's required of them, required of them other than Kaminga. And this is not me declaring something new and brilliant. I didn't think Kaminga was going to be there either. But the fact is, he got there, not because they shoveled minutes at him but because he made the most of the minutes he got to the point where now you see him getting 29 minutes a game because he earned them, not because they gifted them to him. And that's what they're waiting to see with Moody. And that's what they're waiting to see if Wiseman, if that ever happens. It's They're basically saying, we'll give you minutes when we think you can handle them. And when you handle them, we'll give you more. It's been a time-honored uh, formula since sports began especially at the pro level. And right now, they have 
not enough guys who have earned more minutes than they're getting. So maybe it's time to stop giving nights off to those who, you know, think, well, well, we've the here's the thing. I don't know if the Warriors have the luxury to just grant nights off the way that they plan on. Well, you don't want to burn your best guys out either based on what you're doing at the start of December. Um, you know, I don't, you know, if Curry's ankle is bothering him and you're going to play him in a game like that, he's probably going to play 38 minutes. That doesn't make the ankle better. No, I, I mean, obviously, if there's an injury. Well, yeah. but I'm saying the, they're, hell, they're telling hell, us these are injuries and they're telling us that the Wiggins injury looks more serious. So that's two guys right there. That's well, the I, most important two guys. Okay, well, if they're hurt, then they're screwed. They are. Let's just let's just put it that way. And it doesn't matter how you distribute the other minutes if those guys can't answer the bell. You are right about Jonathan Kaminga, though. He is turning a little bit of a corner. Hopefully he stays around the bend and doesn't go back from whence he came. Anthony Slater, this morning, on the morning roast, was talking about how hopefully last night was a little glimpse into what his future might hold. He was good defensively. He made the biggest defensive player of the game, the one that should have sealed it on Clarkson. And he added really more like individual offense, the type of offense that makes you think like long term. Instead of just like a glue guy, he could be an all star, you know, and I'm not talking, you know, soon, but I mean, that was like elite wing stuff. That was Pascal Siakam out there at times last night. It was nine buckets at the rim, basically. He remember when he like just bumped uh, Alexander Walker into the expansion mm-hmm. on a post mm-hmm. dunked on him flew in for a, a put back a lot of he had one at the rim with, with like two minutes left like driving kind of to me that was the best game where you're like oh man like what could he become hey what the warriors need him to become right now is way more important than they probably thought they needed him to be because he seems to be the only one really developing I think it was Tim Kawakami, the athletic, not too long ago, who said, you know, the two the two timeline plan, the Warriors are being realistic about it. The two timeline plan could be keep getting what you got out of your core in Kaminga. Kaminga is the other timeline. And if that's it, again, they're they're shorthanded. The second pick in the draft that they took three years ago isn't even an NBA player right now. The physical attributes of James Wiseman are remarkable. His ball skills for someone as big as he is, his toolkit is remarkable. He's got no dog in him, Ray. He's just got no dog in him. I mean, I, 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 I don't see it. I'd love him to show it to me. He just does not look like he wants everything this league can give him. It, it just, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, right? I, 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 please be wrong. The Warriors would be very, very lucky for me to be wrong about that. I don't think he, it's not, it's not that he doesn't want it. It's that he can't figure out how to get it yet. And that comes from playing 69 minutes of college basketball. It's he doesn't know enough yet. And, he, and when I say he doesn't know enough, it's not that he can't learn it. It's that it's not instinctive to him yet. The stuff that they need him to do doesn't come naturally to him yet. And that's the thing. I don't think it's a question of how much dog he's got. I think it's a question of... But here's the thing. When you're a seven-footer and getting rebounds doesn't come naturally to you, we got a problem. 
But because that's what they need. They don't need him to score. They need him to shoot. They need him to rebound. But it is defense. a matter of knowing how to get yourself positioned at what point when the shot goes up. Right. It's all that's the those that are the should nuances. be the difference between eight and 15 rebounds, not yes. zero and five rebounds. But that's not a question of doesn't want it. That's a question of hasn't figured out the best way to do it yet. And if he was further along in that, he'd have played more than five minutes. I mean, I think Steve Kerr is giving you the answers by the way he uses these guys. And if you don't think a guy's getting enough minutes, Occam's Razor suggests that the obvious answer is he can't Give them more than that without screwing stuff up. Well, that's a problem because yeah, the minutes is. don't lie. Yeah, well, that's my point. Minutes don't lie. Um, and again, it's all to Kaminga's credit that he was a guy who wasn't getting, quote, enough minutes. And then he started doing things in the minutes he was getting. It didn't happen the other way around where they just gifted him minutes and then he did stuff. It's he did stuff in the minutes they gave him. And then started earning more. And that's what they're looking for out of Wiseman. That's what they're looking for out of Moody. That's what they're, you know, essentially they're looking for. And, and Poole's a different thing. Poole is not part of that group anymore. Poole is, what am I getting from you tonight? Am I getting a good shooting guy who's okay on other stuff? Am I getting a guy who's having a good, good shooting night and is giving me a lot of the other stuff? Or is it a guy who's not shooting well and maybe his mind wanders and he's not giving me the other stuff? It's when you can look at Jordan Poole every night and say, I know what I'm getting from him. That's when they'll be able to say, he's worth the money we just laid out for. 888-957-9570. Somebody on the uh, YouTube page is saying, hey, minutes didn't lie about Robert Parrish. What about Robert Parrish? What about... Okay, so Robert Parrish was historically stoic in his on-court emotional presentation and he was a hall of famer yeah he's not active right now yeah give me a break what about minutes lied about robert robert parish robert pitt donald stop it if no, it, I, how about it, this if james wiseman is an eighth of the player that robert parish was he wouldn't be in the g league 888-957-9570 this is vince in san jose what do you got vince Hey, fellas. Um, you know what? Last night was an absolute gunch, gut punch to all of us. Uh, we had that game so down, and it was really a, a, a tough loss for the entire organization. Uh, those are the games that we need to win to build ro momentum, and especially going into a long road stretch. Those are absolutely the wins that we need to, to carry us to a proper seed, you know, this is a phenomenal Warriors team, but we don't want to be an eighth seed team going into the playoffs. We don't want to be a play-in Warriors team. I think we need to cool the Jets on James Wiseman. So much promise and potential. Um, he's a humble kid. I know there's a lot that we expect out of him on a nightly basis, rightly so. Second pick out of the draft and a lot of money being paid into his wallet. He needs to perform, but him and Kaminga are phenomenal. I, I, I'm say, I, I'll say this. Kaminga is phenomenal. Kaminga, to me, is a miniature Giannis with a better jump shot and better, maybe, potentially, on-the-floor dribbling skills. 
Kaminga's awesome. Look, the, the, here's the thing. Kaminga is the kind of guy who has played almost just as little a basketball as James Wiseman, is the physical specimen kind of equivalent. And look, it's starting to come together for him. My problem is for Wiseman, it just is not coming together. And, you know, again, Donald is saying you don't give up on athletic big men. You give them years. This team doesn't have years to give. They need players who can play now because the winning time is now. And when that window closes, it's going to be a whole different ball game. When we do come on back, a few more of your calls. We will get the latest from what the Giants' plan is. And, oh, Daniel Snyder. Had his guts pulled out in front of him today. They showed him his own beating heart. That's a dead man walking amongst NFL owners. We got an awful lot for you still today. George Contos is going to be joining us as well around 4.30. So stick around. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. There's someone on the Xfinity Mobile text line says, Sorry guys if you touched on this. I'm joining late. But Poole was not was he not mauled on that final play of the game? Look, I don't know if mauled is the right way to say it, but was he fouled? Yes. Should that have been free throws and not a turnover? Probably. Yeah. But the Warriors don't get calls. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Warriors guards don't get calls. <laughs> they just don't. But that's not a call that most good referees are going to make at the end of a game. They just don't do it. They've never done it. And the fact is, Steve Kerr didn't complain about it at the end. And he's not bashful about complaining if he thinks his guy got hit. I think he was more unhappy that Poole wasn't as careful with the basketball as he should have been. Because he could have gotten that call if he had done a better job of protecting right, securing the, the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's one of the things about advantage-disadvantage. A good official will see at the end of a game, do I give this guy a call even though he wasn't protecting the basketball? And as often as not, they won't. And it's not just the Warriors. I mean, Kyrie Irving got clobbered the other night and got no called for the same reason. He's just holding the basketball away from his body and trying to be too clever by tw- by twice and... I, I will say this because we haven't had anything really nice to say about Kyrie Irving in the last couple of years. You know, Nike just pulled his ticket, right? He's no longer a brand ambassador for Nike. But he was wearing a pair of Nikes in a game last night. He colored out the swoosh 
and then wrote on that your logo here. <laughs> So, pretty funny. Uh, Kyrie hasn't had a lot of moments of levity. I'll give him that one. Uh, eight at eight nine. No, he five, didn't seven. insult anybody. No, he it's didn't. A refreshing it, change. Really, yeah, it was nice. Uh, eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. A couple more calls, and then we're going to start turning our attention back towards baseball free agency and what the hell the Giants plan on doing about it. George Contos joins us in about ten minutes from now. In the meantime, Moose in San Jose. What's up, Moose? Hey, good evening, fellas. I want to go back to Ray's point that each game is kind of a, he called it a hurricane. And I say it's essentially a, it's a different bag to open up every night. And I think uh, that's definitely making Warriors fans uneasy because we're typically, we're used to knowing a, a knowing a portion of the outcome more times than not, especially when you have when you have the players that we have on the on the court. Um, the second point I wanted to make is I'll be the first to admit I was wrong, I was, I was wrong about Kaminga. I, I was the guy saying you need to get that guy off the court before anybody figured out. I get the guy off the team before anybody figures out that he uh, he can't assimilate to this type of system, and, and uh, I do think he's he's kind of putting his maybe his own scoring aside and his own ego aside, and, and um, put meshing into the Warriors system and showing that he could do other things, which he's and which in return he's rewarded by scoring more, flashing at the basket, things like that. I think it's it's kind of cool to see his progression. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard for a guy whose entire game this early in his career is built on his athleticism to basically tell him, "Hey, we need you to be less of an athlete and more of a fundamentally sound basketball player." That's a that's a big ask for a player who has very little basketball experience, much less even high-level basketball experience. Every single court Jonathan Kaminga has basically been on, and Moose, thank you very much for the call. In his life, he has been the supreme athlete. He is now still a supreme athlete on an NBA court, which is a, a testament to his level of athleticism, but it's not so supreme where the other guys can't hang with you. So you better get the details and it feels like the details are starting to come into focus for him a little. And that's great. And the truth is, everybody's been wrong on Kaminga at least three times. Because that's how his progression's gone. It's just nobody wants to be able to say, I need to see more things. I need, I need more time before I make an evaluation. And the same is true of Weissman, for that matter. Um, you know, the Warriors aren't walking on him yet. But they do want to... Give him minutes when he shows that he's ready to use them productively. That's why you don't see him. And the same reason why you see Moody only sporadically and usually only in situations where Curry and Wiggins aren't playing at all. I mean, you get the minutes you earn. I just thought that they did wrong by him last night. They really did. Like, if the whole Ooh. point is, James Wiseman, if, if, this, if the whole point is, man, this kid needs a little bit of confidence... Calling him up on a night where you need more bodies and you give him five totally disposable minutes in the second quarter and then say, sit back down, you can't play another high, you know, not not a single another minute of high leverage basketball is just, I, uh, how did James Wiseman's confidence grow in his ability to succeed in this league last night? I but, don't think it did. But that's not the first job on a game night. That's it. James Weissman's development is ancillary to the major thing, which is win the game. And if he's not helping you win the game, then you say, okay. Then leave him to develop in the G League. Well, but they needed him because they had three guys out. That's why they called him up. But they had guys that they didn't play, that yeah. they could have, which but, who are just as not ready to go as he clearly still is. But they're more committed to him 
than they are to Baldwin or Rollins. They yeah, this was a this well, was a moment. This was a moment. Well, Rollins isn't. Yeah, this was a moment where they could say, "Okay, this is a shot. There's five minutes for you in the second quarter. Show us we can use you in the second half." They didn't, and he didn't. I mean, that's the thing. It just it's it's up to him about how many minutes he gets after the first look. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. RJ in Napa. Hello. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, I uh, I know that everybody's going to roast me for this and all that, but after it sinks in for a while and when you start watching Warriors games, after what I'm about to say, it'll start to make sense. There is a very, 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 very large double standard on this Warriors team between Jordan Poole and James Wiseman. The difference is Jordan Poole plays a lot and shoots a lot, so he scores a lot of points, and everybody thinks he's this fantastic addition to the team there's literally no difference between him and Wiseman they're going to ruin this kid what I would like to see happen is put somebody on the court with him say Andre Iguodala for example I don't know why he's on this emeritus alumni scholarship where he doesn't have to play but somebody that can help him on the court with the defensive rotation because it sure as hell isn't his ability on offense and they are wasting this kid well hold on and and RJ we look I I love your you know, your calls, thank you for listening. As always, Ray's still waiting for a case of wine from you at all times. You can send it to the station. I'm uh, not trusting it to these animals. I uh, Yeah, yeah, in care of Ray Ratto. Uh, but look, there's a huge difference between James Wiseman and Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's an NBA player. James Wiseman's not. That's the difference. Yet. Not yet. But Jordan Poole is an NBA player. He's an NBA player. He's a guy who can get 30 a night in this league. He can. I mean, that's that that to me, the double standard, the the thing that is you know not applying here is, I don't think comparing James Wiseman and Jordan Poole is fair. Let's compare the two shooting guards. Why does Clay Thompson get to get away with a body count full of murder, and Jordan Poole can't? Because the amount of mental mistakes. Physical mistakes from a guy's re- recovering from physical trauma like Clay Thompson was, I get. Not as fast as he used to be, not as springy as he used to be, lateral movement not quite where it used to be. I get all that. The Clay Thompson mental mistakes and the selfish nature that this team even called him out on this year. That is something I don't understand. And I think it's befuddling the Warriors a little bit right now. That's why I'm just saying that, you know, if, if Clay keeps going this direction and Poole continues to ascend, at some point Clay Thompson goes to the bench and Jordan Poole's got to be in the starting five. Oh, but what about all the efficiencies of the starting five and all that, how good they are together? Yeah, I think Jordan Poole could do that. I really do. I think Jordan Poole can hit any three that Clay is taking. I do. And Jordan Poole can dribble, and Clay can't. Clay doesn't have a handle. Never did. It wasn't part of his game. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. And when he's catching and shooting and not knocking down shots, he isn't who he needs to be. So, to me, that's the double standard. That Jordan Poole gets demerits for a level of bad student that Clay Thompson never has applied to him. And a lot of that has to do with house credit. And he helped four, ra- four, four, four banners go up to the rafters. But Jordan Poole did help, too. 
And house credit's a real thing, though. And it's not just a warrior thing. House credit is universal in basketball. Always has been. It is. So is aging out, not being who you used to be. Well. And when you got a young pup like that, that, that even... But it even accelerates that. But Draymond Green made the most salient point about this entire team when he said that all these guys did not come in to a team the way most rookies do. They came into not only just a set lineup, but a set championship lineup. And everybody has known that Jordan Poole's time was going to take a long while to happen. And it's, you know, he's getting he's getting minutes now. I mean, and he's, you know... The fact that he's still up and down on stuff that isn't the shooting part, I think is maddening to the Warriors. I think they would love to be able to trot him out with confidence 34 minutes a night. But there are nights when the shot isn't there and the rest of the game isn't either. I mean, he's not his his greatest failing is consistency. Could he score 30 a night? Sure, when he gets to be more consistent all around. But... You know, there are nights when he'll give you what he gave you last night, and there'll be nights when he, you know, one for 11 and still doesn't mind jacking up shots. Jordan Poole's not a finished product yet. And because he's not a finished product yet, Clay Thompson's house credit still weighs more. Who's jacking up more shots than Clay, though, without a lot of efficiency lately? I mean, really. Uh, look, we'll, we'll get back to all of. What is concerning the Warriors is they're about to, well, come home to take on the Celtics without uh, without Andrew Wiggins and then go on a very long, difficult road trip. We're going to have more on that in a little bit. But right now, George Contos is nice enough to join us. You know him from the San Francisco Giants. You know him from your TV. And you know him from whenever he's nice enough to hop on with Damon and Ratto. And we always appreciate your time. George, how are you, man? I'm good, fellas. How about yourself? We're doing very, very well, although I got to tell you, Boy, Aaron Judge left an awful lot to be desired in Giants fans. And and look, you know, maybe he was never coming here. And maybe he did play the hometown team perfectly to get more money out of the Yankees and all of that. But this is, uh, look, I, I like Mitch Hanniger, but that ain't going to get it done. Because we know who the Dodgers are. And my God, look who the Padres are becoming. So this whole... Being patient, letting the market come back to us, that's got to stop for the San Francisco Giants. And it feels like that they have they have sidled up way too much to the perception that they're the Buffalo Bills of free agency. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, what I've been reading, at least, a lot of executives and, and reporters have been saying that the Giants and Farhan have been very, very uh, bullish on a lot of these guys. It's just kind of unfortunate that we're drawing the short ends of these sticks. And, you know, the, the Hanniger signing, I think he's a great player, um, but he's a much better player if he's hitting with Judge in the lineup as well. You know, he's not the guy that's going to bring the thump by himself and change that lineup. And in regards to Judge, I, I think I know him. He, he and I were teammates in 2018 very briefly. He's a really good dude. And I think his market just developed kind of the way that we all thought it was going to. He's the best available player with the season that he had. We all knew that the Yankees probably had a little bit of a leg up in the race doing what he's done in their uniform. And I think that they played their cards really well. I don't think that judge really kind of pinned anybody against each other. I think everyone just knew that the uh, the price was going to be up there somewhere. And I think what the Yankees did was, was kind of smart. They set a low ball offer in that 8-300, knowing that was going to get surpassed. 
And I think Judge gave them the benefit of the doubt to say, hey, look, this is my best offer. If you guys can match it, I would love to come back to be a Yankee, even though I think deep down in his heart, the child in him, the, the eight-year-old, would have loved to be in, in uh, the Bay Area and wearing our home creams and, and having uh, you know Richie Aurelia talk to him and court him to be a giant. Uh, that guy's going to be the next captain of the New York Yankees. So I think for him, obviously, uh, it was a dream situation. It's unfortunate that we just kind of came up a little bit short in that one, but I, I think it was to no lack of effort on all of, uh, all of the people involved on our Giants end. If it's not a lack of effort, does the fact that the San Diego Padres have positioned themselves as the team most willing to overpay for whatever they want create a far more difficult situation for the Giants than their own ability or inability to close? Uh, yeah, I think that does. Uh, when you have the willing, the Dodgers obviously have a Dodgers. We know how good they are and how good they're going to continue to be. Uh, they, the, the Padres have come out and they've shown. I mean, 10, 10 for uh, for four hundred. That's what I think the offer for him was. I believe, right? Um, that was a huge deal that he turned down, and the, their willingness to spend, I think, is is definitely going to be lighting a fire under everybody in the front office's uh, rear ends, just because it, it, it's no longer. You know the Dodgers are the top. They 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 have a nine hundred million dollar infield now there in the uh, in the um, in San Diego playing at Petco Park. So they, they definitely made some moves, and I think that there is definitely uh, urgency um, for sure from the fans. Now, you know, yeah, I know that we've all been talking about it, and, and I've been reading everything the fans uh, have been tweeting. But the fans want the Giants to be competitive. The team has been competitive for a long time. They've had superstars to. Uh, get behind and buy jerseys and you know Brandon Crawford's there on the last year of his deal and you have Logan Webb um, who's up and coming and who's established himself but there who who, who other people's jerseys you know do you see nowadays and, and I think that uh, that haven't been playing at least for our teams um, but I definitely think that there's some fire being lit and there's there needs to be something needs to be something done because the fans I think are getting a little bit frustrated uh, with the direction that things are going. George Contos with us here on 95.7 The Game. So, look, we, we have seen two things, and they're both, they've happened enough to where we can say this is real. They do not or have not attracted position players to come to that ballpark. However, in that ballpark, we have seen pitching and defense win three world championships. Knowing that Farhan is a consummate platooning tinkerer why don't the the san francisco giants just pivot back to carlos rodon why didn't they go hard after either verlander or Degrom? pair them with logan webb and de sclafani and just say look we're going to try to pitch better than anybody else and that's what we're going to do in a ballpark that says you can win doing that are you surprised that they haven't gone harder after a frontline starter if landing the bat just doesn't happen uh, I, I think that the the, the focus has, is now going to be shifted to more more pitching. I think the, the beginning of free agency obviously was landing the big you know elephant in the room in, in Aaron Judge, and now that that has passed, I think that you you need to land one hitter and you need to land a a solid top of the rotation guy to complement Logan Webb and um, you know Carlos Rodon. As I'm sure you guys are reading and, and all of us are seeing, his market's starting to heat up, and I'm looking at six years, 180 million dollars for him. Um, and 
I, I, I think it's just the willingness to spend those kind of dollars on, on somebody. You know, the guys who have gone so far. Verlander, I think, would have been a great fit. He's a guy who's established. Um, I think probably he wanted maybe to be a little bit more on the uh, on the East Coast. I know his wife is, is from out there, and, and they have kind of uh, some stuff going on in New York personally for them. Jacob deGrom, he's, when healthy, the best pitcher on the planet stuff-wise. The guy sits 100 miles an hour. We've seen what he can do for a long time. Um, I think there were just injury concerns that that maybe don't justify spending that kind of money on a question mark. He, you know, he hasn't thrown that many innings in the last four seasons, but when he toes the mound up, he's obviously very well worth that investment. Um, Carlos Rodon, I, I would love to see back. I think what he did, he won over the fans from the first moment he towed the rubber in San Francisco at Oracle Park. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that somebody to compliment Webby at the top of that rotation is definitely something that they need to really address. Uh, are the are the Giants now positioned as a team that has to over overpay to just to get anybody? I mean, if if the rumors about Carlos Correa, just as an example, are in the four hundred million dollar range, do the Giants have to come in north of that to get him to take them seriously, or is there a point at which uh? they're going to get what they're going to get. Well, I think that we've been spoiled a little bit in San Francisco with some of the guys that have come through. Uh, you know, we were able to trade for a Hunter Pence, uh, Buster Posey's homegrown. Those guys learned how to hit at formerly AT&T Park, now Oracle. It's going to take a little bit of an overpay to get a hitter to give up some chasing some of those numbers and the long ball to come uh, play and hit at a place like Oracle Park. We've known, we know historically that the ball does not travel as well there as it does in a lot of other places. Uh, so I think when you're looking at free agents, you're going to have to be willing, uh, on the hitting side at least, you're going to have to be w- uh, willing to spend a little bit more to get those guys that you have your eyes on. And in this market, this is kind of g- crazier than I've seen in a long time in this free agent market. It seems like everything is 15 20% inflated to what some of these contracts were or would have been, you know, couple years ago two three years ago um and it's just supply and demand when when that's what the market calls for being a hitter at a place like oracle park and being somebody like the giants who are going to court a hitter you're going to have to be willing to overpay a little bit to get the guy that you had your eyes set on talking to free agency with george contos let's wrap up with this if you were a free agent right now what would attract you most to playing for the san francisco giants just their history and the culture that they've built, and I'm, I'm obviously very biased because I have those memories very fresh in my in my uh, in my memory. But um, th- th- this is a place that has established a tradition of winning, and there are still players there who are hungry and who have who who were there to help cultivate uh, that that type of environment that we had. This, the, a, a lot of the guys um, on the back end side of things are still remembering what that was like when you're when, when you're uh, thinking about the San Francisco Giants you're thinking about a team that won 107 games a couple years ago that was very close that has a young uh, young gun pitching staff that that can do very well you have a closer who's electric um, there's a lot of positives that you can attract to the San Francisco Giants and it's just about filling those puzzle pieces that really take the team in general to the next level of being able to compete with the other horses that are in the NL West I would say the NL West right now is the best division in baseball. George, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. We appreciate your time. Wishing you and uh, your whole family a very happy holidays. 
Thank you, guys. Great to chat with you, and same to you. Thank you very much. George Contos here on 95.7 The Game. And, you know, the whole question about Aaron Judge. So, Ray, Aaron Judge was more than just a, a signing to help the lineup. It was a signing to help attendance, right? It was a signing to help interest in general, not just attendance. Right. Just because they've yeah. become irrelevant. Right. Leaning forward to watch Aaron Judge play was worth the $400 million they weren't willing to go to. Would have been interesting to see if he had turned that down from his hometown team, but maybe he was going back to the Yankees no matter what, and that's that. If that price point is a... All right, so we'll drop a $400 million figure on a guy who's going to generate interest. Let me ask you, does Carlos Correa sell a single season ticket? The Oh, they just signed Carlos Correa. Honey, pick up the phone. We're calling the San Francisco. We're in on season tickets. Now, cancel summer plans. We're not going on vacation. Giants got a homestand over 4th of July, and we're not going anywhere. We're going to that. But we're go- Carlos Correa's coming to town. It's Carlos Correa. They're not going to spend four hundred million dollars on Carlos Correa if that's what he's going for. Is that every? I don't. I don't lines? think. I don't think so either. But if they don't sign somebody like him for some significant amount of money, then you'll get people throwing their phones out the window. That's the danger here. Is not that they overpay for Carlos Correa. It's that. They don't get to overpay on anybody. Right. They need they need to pay the price of admission to remain interesting here in the Bay Area. And, we'll and, talk and about it might turn out to be Carlos Correa. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of those prices of admission when we come on back here. It's Damon and Rattle. We're guest-free the rest of the way. Uh, you're welcome on in about where the Giants are or aren't doing. We've been all over the Warriors, and we're going to get to Danny Snyder before today is said and done as well. Damon and Rattle, we're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. It's Damon and Ratto. Get into that merch store for our collection of poorly designed (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. And what's amazing is we actually have a show called The Morning Roast, and I do not believe we offer a coffee mug. Is that amazing? It's a, mor- it's a moral deficiency that, frankly, should cost people their job. I would, ju- I mean, I just throw that out there. If you got a show called The Morning Roast, offer a coffee mug, or at least a roast. Just you know, I'm just just throwing just out a good slab ideas. Of meat. Throwing out good ideas, and I don't want to think anyone uh, w- would think that we we aren't above criticizing our own nonsense. We'll criticize anything. It's what Ray and I do. What do you want to criticize right now? Me. Oh, that's just I blow. By the way, we can we can we can wrap up the entire hour real quickly if we're just going to get into what's wrong with you. But well, we let's have, do it. We, no, no, anything no. that makes the clock go faster, I don't care. I want to talk about what George Contos just told us because 
you know, he just said the number one reason a free agent would want to sign with the San Francisco Giants is their history and their tradition. Outside of the baseball players who are so romantically tied to the sport, I don't know how much that means. And wasn't Aaron Judge's, you know, wasn't wasn't the tie going to go to the runner based on his love of Giants history and tradition? Who loved it more than Aaron Judge from everything that we heard? And that's the guy who spit on it first this year. So obviously, the Giants' history and tradition didn't mean much to a you know someone who told anyone who could listen. He grew up a Giants fan, and if George is really right, saying that that you know that that's what the Giants can offer their history and their tradition. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Is that enough? Is that honestly their selling point? Because if it is, they're done, Ray. Well, it's not their selling point. Farhan Zaidi is not that naive. They have got no history or tradition. If the no, Padres. But, but they do have players on the roster now that other players said, man, if I'm with those guys. I'll go be part of that. Yeah. That's, that's what the Padres are selling. They are selling that and the fact that they will overpay for anything. And by overpay, I mean pay more than the normal market will bear. They ended up paying about $100 million more for Xander Bogarts than the than the Red Sox wanted to. And I don't know that anybody else, and I haven't seen any indication that anybody else was even remotely in that neighborhood. So the Padres have basically said, money's no object. They and the Phillies have just gone out and out and said, we're just going to shovel money at the problem till it weighs too much for those guys to walk away from. I mean, the Mets, for example, their starting rotation for this coming year, average age is 36 and a half years, and they're averaging 28 million per guy. Look, the front of the Mets rotation is tied for the two highest average value contracts in the game of baseball right now. Both Scherzer and Verlander are making 43.3 this year. It's insane. You know, that's $86 million wrapped up in our ace and then the second guy. So don't tell me that the Giants don't need to come back to Carlos Rodon, who, by the way, is so looking at other opportunities that the Giants' history and tradition, which he just got bathed in, clearly doesn't mean as much to him as a seventh year or another comma somewhere in his contract. But but the other thing that's interesting is Carlos Carrasco's 36. He's going to make $14 million for them next year. And Jose Quintana, who they just signed, is going to make 13, and he's 34. It's the oldest staff ever. I mean, it just it's literally like a World War II staff where you have to cobble together guys who pitched, you know, after they were... You know, too old to be drafted. None of it's desirable, but I would just say that 36 in sports is the new 33. The new 32. The new 31, maybe. Like yeah, with their arm histories, the 36 is the new 36. Well, and, and that's the crazy thing about pitching. You never know. Look at how old Verlander is, and he just had, coming off a bevy of injuries, maybe the best year of a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, and Scherzer... He's been banged up. He's 38, and he's going to make the same money as, as Verlander. The fact is, it's not about the money if the term is short enough. And if you want the talent, 
you've got to be willing to give that built-to-fail contract. I mean, it's just the way it goes. And this brings me back to Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa at $400 million is an Aaron Judge at $400 million. Carlos Correa is a very, very underline it twice, italicize it, highlight it. Very good baseball player. He's not selling tickets. And that's why I don't think that the Giants, and I see Susan Slesser saying that he is now the number one target, and several other people other than Susan have said that the Giants are now, they've got him at the top of the priority list. They should. He is that type of player. But I don't know if he is a, oh, you know, we weren't even going to go to spring training this year, but now we're going. It's just not who he is. And I don't know if the Giants are going to spend a, his name goes above the marquee price on a player whose name does not go above the marquee. But not signing anybody is worse than overpaying for a guy that might not go over the marquee. That's, That's how the you problem and I feel. Got. That's how you and I feel. No, uh, Do they feel that way? Do the Giants feel that way? Yes. I think they're going to want to come away from this with something and probably more than one thing. If you told me I have to overpay for one thing or the other, I think I'd be more inclined to overpay for Chris Bassett than I would Carlos Correa. But in the reality that the Giants are facing, and this is not a PR reality, but a baseball reality, they need both those guys. Yeah. And if they have to overpay for both of them, then that's what you do. The problem that they've got is if Carlos Correa is all of a sudden at $40 million a year, does that reduce their willingness to spend $25, million, on Chris Bassett or $32 million on Carlos Rodon? Because they're not getting anywhere signing an outfielder and a shortstop and still having that pitching staff. They got a, they, I mean, we, we know what the Giants' problems are. They got a long list of that needs to get better. But that isn't maybe not what's going to hold them back. I mean, because baseball sometimes happens. And by that, I mean the team that wasn't supposed to be very good turned out to be pretty damn good. 107 wins, I guess, kind of proves that. The problem that the Giants have isn't even the Dodgers. Because the Dodgers are the Dodgers are the Dodgers are the Dodgers. And we know that the way, we know who they are. We know what they do. We know how successful they've been. We know what their clear franchise mission statement is. We're trying to win the World Series, not just every year, but every night. That's the lineup we're putting out there. Trying to win the World Series every single night. The Giants, I think, counted on that being a reality. I don't think they ever saw this coming from the San Diego Padres. Even though it's been building for a couple of years, I, don't, I think at some point they thought, yeah, I bet you enough is enough at some point, right? The San Diego Padres, folks, they're just not playing around. I mean, that alone should spring the Giants into at least a mini spending spree. Just looking at the San Diego Padres. Xander Bogarts, 11 years, $280 million. This is the team that just traded for Juan Soto. This is a team that has Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis in nine-figure deals. This is a team that just offered Trey Turner $41 million more than the Phillies gave him. Phillies are very lucky that Trey Turner wanted to go back east. This is a team that apparently just put $400 million on the table for Aaron Judge before he decided to stay in the Bronx. Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Tatis Jr. That is a major league lineup that sounds like a Dodger lineup.
not another lineup that you're going to have to deal with beyond the Dodger lineup in your own division. I mean, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sexy? No. Household names? No. About to go out and spend big money? No. They're better than the Giants. How much longer are the Colorado Rockies from being... Well, here's the thing. You don't really have to worry about the Rockies. They, yeah, no, they do. They are dead on arrival. Yeah, they, they, are, they are room temperature. But, man, the Giants got some serious problems. And part of their serious problems is trying to get away with free agent spending with 2,008 prices. The three largest free agent position player signings in San Francisco Giant team history, George Canto says a tradition history mean an awful lot. Well, if you want big money and you're a position player, the San Francisco Giants don't do that. Aaron Rowand. Aaron Rowand. His five-year, $60 million contract, which they gave out in 2008, which was a terrible deal then, and he would not have got that had he not run into a wall in Philadelphia and broken his nose and became a household name in that moment. Aaron Rowan, five years, $60 million in 2008, is the highest ever contract the Giants have given out in free agency to a position player. Mitch Hanniger's three years, four hundred, uh, excuse me, $43.5 million deal, That was signed two days ago. That's the second largest free agent contract ever handed out to a position player. Barry Bonds' seven-year 43.5 back in 1992 is number three. The Giants have never even skated once around the rink with $100 million in a position player in free agency. How is that even possible in 2020 year of our Lord? How is that even possible? That's nuts. That's insane. That's insane. It's a, they're lucky to be where they are. They really, truly are. And look, George Contos, man, he's telling some truth. If he is telling the truth, I think the Giants are in a lot of trouble. Because players aren't signing with tradition and history. Is it a great ballpark? Yeah. Great clubhouse? Yeah. Good culture? All those things. Lots of teams have that. Lots. Lots of teams have that. By the way, welcome to your 5 o'clock hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.